It was crazy because I diagnosed myself. Mm -hmm. I said to the doctor, I go, I think I have a brain tumor like my mom. What the f is going on? I like to party. Jesus, honey, wax much? This is unwaxed. Get in, loser. We're going shopping. With Sophia and Sistine Stallone. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Unwaxed Podcast with your favorite sisters, Sistine. And Sophia Stallone. I like introing. You always do it first. I know. I know. Do you like the switch up? Should always. Should we do it now from here on out? I think so. I think, I think so. so. We always have this debate. Who's better at the intro? I still think I do. I think I have the voice for the intro. You know, someone like the did, it. Someone said the other day that I had a little sharp tone in my voice. And is that true? Yes. Really? Yes. Well, um, should I speak softer? That's I a little think, sexual. Yeah. It's just why your voice is deep. And I feel like it's... It is? You Actually, know what's so weird? When we well, were young, my dad always trained our voice. Weird flex. He gave us vocal training lessons almost every single day. Mm -hmm. So we'd have to talk into a tape recorder. And this is for real. For years we did this. Talk into a tape recorder and do... Um, what are those like limericks, phrases? What are they called? Like Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Yeah, Sally, Sally sells shells by the seashore. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. And so he'd make us also read really old poetry into a tape recorder mm -hmm. so that we would properly pronounce. And he always trained us to make our voice really, really deep. Yeah. Because one day I was talking and he goes, it is way too high pitched for me, Sistine. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, that's why it's I'm funny because we have these home videos of us screaming um, in our living room at six a.m. because my dad wanted us to yeah. read the young lambs for sale. Oh he would, like, my Screaming gosh. it, he wouldn't, and he also used to put a tissue paper in front of our face and make us pronounce our P's. And if the tissue paper didn't fly high enough, he'd make us start over. And it's funny because people are probably listening, saying that is torture for a child. But he always said to us, I wish I had parents that helped me with my speech delay and my slur. That's what parents you, say. No, but you, you, so had, <laughs> you and Scarlett had a, a slight speech delay. Yeah. So it helped. No, I went to a speech therapist to help my speech delay, yeah. not my father. But, you know, I the one thing I will benefit from that, and I would say I benefited, I would have, I'm more of a loud talker. And maybe that's not the best thing ever all the time, but yeah. it's also helped with a lot of these things we're doing currently. I would say the one thing that doing that benefited me was we can now say that we have the weird flex of reciting The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. By heart. So we could do that. Yeah. And it's one of those weird skills that no one ever actually needs, but it's kind of cool when you it can is whip really it cool. out. I remember it was at my... Uh, elementary school and we had a talent show and that was the thing I did was the Raven and my dad freaked out. He was so happy. Should we share what else we did at that school? We must have been the weirdest kids ever. We also signed up for the burping competition and guess what? Your girls won. We won. We were the only girls that signed up as well and we won. We Well, this is the thing. My dad said this is the coolest thing a girl can do. So weeks before we would train and we drink. <laughs> we drank it was so He much. wanted us to be good at it without soda and with soda. So, so soda I can do with it, it on demand. Yeah. I'm not going to. It's pretty nasty, I'll be honest. You know what we used to do as well? My dad would get on the intercom of our house that would just microphone speaker to the entire, every single room. And he'd get on, belch, hang up the phone, and then we'd respond, <laughs> belch. And my mom would get so, so mad. mad. I completely forgot that I did in that. The I know, I get, oh God, it's like, the thing is, it's like our burps are not cute now because they're so good. They're 
<laughs> loud. It sounds like an ogre and so, screaming. And so it's like, since I'm in this new relationship, sometimes I'm like, have the urge to do it. I'm like, no, you're a lady. Oh, you're a lady. You're a lady. You <laughs> like, will never see me burp or never. fart in front of a guy. No, me neither. That does you not can't. exist. Those bodily functions, girls can do it. It's fine. For me, they don't come out. It doesn't. It's because mom put that in our head. She's For like, sure. Don't do it. But I, will, I also agree with her. No, I'm I will like, be I can't. in a crippling pain in a ball on my carpet holding that shit in until I'm crying before I let anything slip out. That's like what the downside about staying with a guy is for a week is that you literally can't do anything. And so you're in physical pain, bloated. You, no, I'm sorry. It's just the most... I'll, un- say, I'll say the elephant in the room. You don't poop. No, you don't. Sorry. No. And if you that will, sucks. you make up an excuse about how you're going to leave the room and go across the street to your little cafe. Oh, yeah. Or we'll wherever. Hopefully, if there's a cafe, maybe you'll knock on your neighbor's door. Or you just won't. But the best trick that I've worst. learned over the years, <laughs> always when you go to a hotel, a front desk, whatever it may be, pick up a set of matches mm-hmm. after you, Do after the, the train leaves the station, if you will. Light up a match, blow it out. Cancels the smell, guys. Yeah, but, you're welcome. But it does smell like a forest fire. It does <laughs> smell like a fire, but so, it's better than, it's the, better opposite. than the opposite. I rather it may seem like something was burning in the bathroom. Yeah. Then you know, um, we had an idea for this intro. Did not expect to talk about um, feces, so let's move on. Uh, Cinco de Mayo, la cucaracha, la cucaracha. Did you celebrate? Wait, no. I was with you. Yeah, you were with me. <laughs> Why? Okay, Cinco de Mayo is one of those holidays that you have such high expectations, like tequila, tacos, like we're going to go crazy. Never happens. No, I will. I actually have never had high expectations for Cinco de Mayo. I think no, everyone just uses it as a day to go, hey, let's go out and get tequila. Right. Well, I don't think no, it's No, but a- it's like St. Patrick's Day. It's like days that you're supposed to be drinking and then you don't. Yeah, but I know there's a... There's something behind Cinco de Mayo that people are like, why are you celebrating it? I don't. I think they're mad that Americans are using it as a way to just like get drunk and drink tequila. I don't blame them. Yeah, there's like <laughs> something behind enough. it. But I wish we did something fun, except we did the opposite. We just went to bed at like 7.30. I'll tell you what I did. I ate dinner around 5.30. With me. With Sophia. Was back in my apartment by 6.30. And I was like, oh shit, now how do I kill the next four hours? What'd you do? I watched four episodes of Yellowstone. I nice. thought it'd be a good idea to stretch. Um, popped both my hips. Don't what? feel good right you now. You sound like you're 80 years old. I feel like the Tin Man. Yeah. It's so, you know, the fact that I still can't touch my toes at 23. It's pretty bad. It's really bad. You haven't made an effort to try, though. That is true. That is true. Another thing that we've been watching a lot is the Playboy Mansion reality show that was back in, like, the 2000s. The Girls Next Door. Yeah. Oh, that's what it's called. I did not realize that you could stream the show. It is so nostalgic to watch it because, first of all, it's the worst quality you've ever seen. Horrible, Horrible, horrible quality. But when we were watching it as a kid, first of all, we'd sneak watch it because... We thought we'd get in trouble, and of course we'd get in trouble for watching it as little girls, but we'd pretend to go to bed. Sophia and I would put it on, yeah. and we were just like so fascinated like by these girls. I know. There's obviously some twisty things behind the scenes that we probably weren't aware of at the time. No, but when you're nine years old, you don't know the logistics no, of what's you, going on in you there. You see pretty girls in bunny suits, and you're like, oh. I idolized these girls so much. They had like these You big, idolized them? Oh my God, you don't understand. They had these big boobs and this huge blonde hair. And I was like, that is what I want. 
I wanted it so bad as a little girl. To like, be a Playboy bunny? But I, like, you got to understand, like, I didn't <laughs> like know, my again, life goal I didn't know was to be. what the assignment was as a nine-year-old. I didn't know you had to sleep with Hugh Hefner. I didn't know all that. All I knew is they were gorgeous and they got attention from men. And I was like, wow, like, no one had a crush on me. <laughs> I want to wear a corset and funny I thought it was so fabulous. I wanted to do it so badly. Mm, that's fair. But Kendra's my fave. Kendra is my favorite, too. And I'm not just saying that. I'm like, she's the funniest person ever. I love it. I am obsessed with that show. I will, I, I've been watching it. I think I'm on season two now. You are pretty on it. I love it. And you're also on a plane soon to go to Oklahoma to visit our father and mom and three dogs. I can't say I had a choice entirely in this decision. Mom has been there with dad and the three dogs, and she's a bit miserable being alone. So I was like, you know what? Take one for the team. Yeah, and plus you like going on set. So our dad is filming a show in Oklahoma, which is really cool. And it's Mm -hmm. with the guy that's made Yellowstone. Taylor Sheridan. Taylor Sheridan. And apparently it is probably some of his best work. Mom said he's acting incredibly well. well. I have a plan. Mm. I have a plan. What's your plan? All right. So first part of my plan is I need to find a horse. Mm. That's step one. Step one. Step two, I need to ride said horse in front of Taylor Sheridan and press him, a thought goes through his brain thinking, huh, she'd be really good in Yellowstone. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. you're just going to just walk in front of him and he's going to think, that girl looks good on the horse? Yeah. It's pretty smart. I'm you not You know, some lie. people don't understand the vision until they see it. That is, that's a good one. I think you're going to win that. So we have the... Beautiful Maria Menounos coming on Inside Out. You guys have probably seen her face at least once in your life. She has had the most incredible career I've ever seen. I can like go from, she was on E! News, ABC, Today Show. Then she goes to being on WWE. She now has her own podcast about mental health and all the and physical health. And I mean, she's interviewed Obamas and Clintons. And it, it is truly the most insane arc and her parents are from Greece um, and they came over and so she's just been working her whole life and she has so much wisdom and insight and we are so lucky to call her a friend and I just am really excited to ask her all these questions and I don't think I've ever actually gotten depth with her about this stuff so stay tuned so Steen, I feel like we have to talk about this because I think everyone can relate to this. Have you ever had an acne breakout at the worst possible time? I know I have. I think my skin plans a breakout for when I need it the least. I totally agree with that. A big date, an event, or even if I'm feeling cute one day and the next day, boom, surprise, pimple. And sometimes I don't even know how to get rid of it or what the first step is to do. We've all had struggles with our skin and that's why we are excited, you guys, to partner with Apostrophe, the sponsor of this episode. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed oral and topical medications that are clinically proven to help clear acne. At Apostrophe, a board-certified dermatologist will create a personalized treatment plan that is perfectly tailored to your skin. Simply fill out Apostrophe's online quiz about your skin goals and medical history. Then snap a few selfies and a board-certified dermatologist will help create your customized treatment plan. Apostrophe treats all types of acne, from hormonal acne to facial acne and even chest knee, back knee, and butt knee. Oh God, they treat breakouts from head to toe. It's nice to know that your treatment is from a real dermatologist and the plan is tailored to fit your specific needs. Also, submitting a visit is quick and there's no need to schedule an appointment. 
You don't have to waste your time in a pharmacy line to get your meds. Your prescription comes straight to you with a cute postcard and stickers to personalize your prescription bottle. That's so easy. So you guys, we have a special deal for our audience. So save $15 off your first visit at an apostrophe provider at apostrophe.com slash unwaxed. So when you use our code unwaxed, this code is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash unwaxed and click begin visit. Then use our code unwaxed at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. That is A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash unwaxed. Use that code unwaxed to get your dermatologist crafted treatment plan for $5. And we thank Apostrophe for sponsoring this podcast. Woo! Today, you guys, we are so thrilled to have someone on that we not only have the biggest adoration for, but we're lucky enough to call a friend. This Greek goddess is a familiar TV journalist and presenter for CBS, ET, Extra, E, Access Hollywood, Today Show, and appears as an actress on so many films like Tropic Thunder, if you guys know that one, we love that one. <laughs> Fantastic Four, I'm just gonna throw back some things for you. And also TV shows like One Tree Hill, Scrubs, Mindy Project, A Wrestler, on WWE. Woo-hoo. She had her own reality series, was an author for Every Girl's Guide to Life, a host of the inspiring, beautiful podcast, Better Together. And that was literally just scratching the surface, y'all. So she's also won an Emmy, if that's not even cool enough. This is the wonderful Maria Menounos. Yeah, I What a great Can opening. I, Thank you. I, no, I literally remember when I was writing this up and I called my mom after and I said, I forgot how incredible your career has been. Aww, and it yeah. still is so amazing. Like you Thank have you. been nonstop and, and everything you do, you put 110% in. And like, if you guys know her personally, like she is one of the sweetest souls you'll ever meet. No, in honestly, my heart is fluttering just the fact that yeah. you're sitting in this room uh, right now because Sophia and I, no, seriously. we've always wanted to have you on the show. Yeah. Since the beginning of the Unwax podcast, but we literally put you right up there with having our parents on. We wanted yeah, to make sure seriously. that... We were so prepared, so confident in our skills before having someone so important to us to be here. So thank you for coming on. We love you so much. I love you girls so much. You're making me cry. I'm like holding it back because I woke up today and I was like, I'm probably going to cry. Yeah, I know. Me too. I did too. I'm going to pull my lashes off and they're going to come off. No, seriously. And I think what's really exciting is that why we really wanted you on the show as well is you're well, one well-spoken, but you also have so much insight into like mm-hmm. everything involving your career that I think you're going to give such great advice health-wise, career-wise, just bettering yourself. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I can't wait. I'm like learning myself right now. I'm like yes, so nervous. I, I, talking. I want to dive right into your career because we just listed such an impressive resume of yours. So impressive. But I think as, you know, Sophia and I are going through our 20s mm-hmm. and I think a lot of young people out there can relate sometimes you don't always have a clear vision of what you want to do. And mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, we want to try everything, but we think we're spreading ourselves too thin. Did you yeah. always know what you wanted to do and you had that insight? So it's such a tough thing because I I think I came from fear growing up because we grew up poor, we grew up hard, and I knew I wanted to be in L.A. I knew I wanted to be on TV. Mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to be in this industry. Mm-hmm. And I did love, like, Joan London and journalism and all of that. But I also wanted to act and I wanted to do fun things. Mm -hmm. But my parents were like, no, 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 no. Right. So I was like, okay, my secret plan is I'm going to go to school for broadcast journalism. So I went to Emerson. And then 
when I can just get away and mm-hmm. cut the umbilical cord mm-hmm. a little bit, then I'll switch it on them and I'll get to do all the other stuff too. Yeah. Mm. And and the other thought in the back of my head was oh, the fear of failure was okay. If I fail at this, I need like fifty backup plans. Yeah. You so, sound like me to a T right that's now. Exactly that's exactly how, how I feel all yeah. the time. Is that you have this idea that okay, you want to pursue this thing, but your parents are just here to filter you a little bit, make sure, oh, like, you can't do this because they don't understand well, it. Well, also, maybe you know? they don't want you to fail. Yeah. And they, you know, joining an industry that is so cutthroat and competitive, it's like they almost want you to just be safe in whatever you do. Mm-hmm. But yeah. continue with what you were saying. Yeah, well, because they've seen the hard, hard, hard right. parts. And they're like, oh, because sometimes I feel like I give bad advice because I'm so scared for someone to go through the shit I went through, mm-hmm. right? And and I had, you know, I had a lot of good and I had some tough times. So I can see where you want to protect yeah. someone. Right. But yeah, I wanted 50 backup plans. So I was like, I'm going to get good at everything. So smart. And I... I studied broadcast journalism. Then I met Kevin and I worked mm-hmm. on his feature film. So I was like, oh, I'm going to produce movies. I love producing. I right. love coordinating stuff. And then I got this opportunity through someone on the, on the movie uh, that Kevin had to submit my tape for Channel One News. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, this sounds amazing. It's right. like a CNN for kids. I'm going to travel. So Kevin and I, I remember we went to Forever 21. He helped me put my little interview Stop. outfit together. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Are no. you serious? I mean, I met Kevin when I was 19, you guys. Oh, that's We've been right. together my whole that, life. That's like our parents. Mom met Dad when she was 19. Yeah. I oh, did she really? Yeah, she does. Well, I love that. so we went to Forever 21. He put like this cute, he's like, I'm thinking like MTV meets CNN. So we put that so kind of outfit that together. That is love. And helped me put a, a reel together, got the job, moved mm-hmm. to LA. And the gates of Paramount were across the street. And I knew Entertainment Tonight was being filmed over there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I would just kind of look across the street. So then somehow this opportunity comes up there for me to um, report for them, but host ET on MTV. I got there. Then like there were some acting things like Fantastic Four. So I was open to everything and I did everything. Yeah. And then there were people who, like a friend of mine, my assistant at the time was like, Katie Couric was having lunch with my dad, and she said that you should focus on one thing and that you're too spread out. Yeah. And and then she said, she thought about it, and she goes, actually, she's doing fine. Wow. And, and so it's funny because everyone has a different theory on it, mm-hmm. right? And I do see how it is just the most amazing thing when you can just hone in on one thing and mm-hmm. get it, like, do Great. it amazing. Mm-hmm. And I do see how hard it is when you're so spread out. To be good at everything is really challenging. Or to be exceptional, you got to do one thing. So I honestly think it's like you really have to go with your heart because I am kind of like a butterfly. Like I want to just, I want to be everyone. I want to try everything. I want to do everything. Yeah. And so that spoke to me. And Kevin, being like the secret manager and the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain, he really is. <laughs> was always diversify, diversify, yeah, diversify. I love that. And that has been the secret to my success. Um, although I do feel happiest when I'm doing one thing because yeah. multitasking is very difficult. Yeah, it is. And wearing many hats is very difficult. So whenever I got to be on a set acting, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that was my like weakest strength, I feel like, mm-hmm. I would shut everything down and I would just focus and be very present. Right. 
And I loved it. And it was oh. so much fun. So yeah. maybe that's the secret is really just being present with the specific thing. Because I'm, I mean, Sistine's also this way. We love trying everything. Like mm-hmm. it'd be fun to act. It'd be fun to produce. It'd be fun to yeah. do podcasting. And that's mm-hmm. what we're kind of trying to do right now. And it's so frustrating when someone says, just focus on one thing because I can't. I'm like curious about a hundred other things, but it probably just really takes you being present in that one specific thing you're focused on for you to be really good at it. So it doesn't take you having to just cut everything else out and only focus on podcasting or focus on journalism. But I also have to say, it does say something about your character that you're able to have such a strong work ethic. It's also not easy. It's not (laughs) easy because it's so, you know, I could say I want to develop an app, write a script, be an actress, model, but I could say I could do all these things, but you actually went out and did all of these things. And do you think that, you know, you having a tough upbringing and you didn't grow up with a lot accounted for that yeah because you're you remind me so much of my mom yeah, where she grew up really hard she grew up with nothing but there was some fire in her gut I was just gonna just, say a fire in the yeah, belly yeah it just hit her and I don't think a lot a lot of everyone people have has that. that like is a lot it the of fear that's that. a fire yeah. in the belly or just the you it's, have this like blind ambition that I want to just do this like, I remember, guys, growing up, we cleaned nightclubs in Boston. There was one main nightclub called The Channel. It was called Boston's, you know, best hard rock club. And in, in, it's like 2,000 people, I think, fit in there. Yeah. We were the janitors. And my parents wow. didn't have money for babysitters, so we used to go to work with them since I was a baby. Right. Yeah. And from the time we could hold a broom and pitch in, we were mm-hmm. pitching in, we were cleaning because the faster we got it done, the faster we got the heck out. We got yeah. to the next place, to the next mm-hmm. place, to the next place. Um, we would get to go home. Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, every wow. single so. day. There was never a day off. Wow. So the work ethic was built there, but also the dream was built there because yeah. I had only one way to look and that was up. You're right. Like, this is, I got to find out. Yeah. I yeah. used to get up on the stage wow. where like the B-52s had performed the night before and I would just like dream about wow. whatever it was that I wanted yeah. to do. Sounds like your parents were also very hardworking, right? Oh my God. Because they're, they're immigrants from Greece, yeah. right? It's like, I find that story, I mean, you, you're so beautiful. I know your parents like, you know, well, they're the, the sweetest people in the world. Um, but did you learn also from watching them and being reinforced every single yeah. day to work? I learned watching how hard my parents worked, what it took to kind mm-hmm. of survive and to, yeah. to to do more. But I mean, I watched my dad. He would, he was type one diabetic, and mm-hmm. he was you know working so hard mm-hmm. with manual labor. His blood sugars would drop into like comas, and we would be wow. at the hospital wow. every week. He'd rip the IVs out of his body, go back to work. He stepped on a wow. nail. They took the nail out of his foot. He went right back to work. So what did I do when I got into this business? I yeah. was. I had a really hard time and I love helping young people in this industry in the beginning because Mm -hmm. it's like you get sucked into this vacuum tornado and you don't know how to handle even just feeding yourself. It's so intense. Mm -hmm. And so I was in that vacuum for a while and I was eating fast food every day and I was totally depleted and I I would end up in the hospital. Oh my gosh. Low potassium, malnourishment, whatever. But I would rip the IVs out and go to work. I never would miss, ever. I mean- extreme situations and I would never miss. That is... It speaks volumes. That's I mean, pretty like, badass, though. Like, yeah. I don't hear that a lot today. <laughs> I hear a lot of complaining if there's a lot of work that has to be yeah. done. I hear a lot of nagging. I don't want to show up. I'm calling in sick. And that is why you are where you're at today. Yeah. I mean, with such a successful, crazy career, what would you say is your proudest moment of your career so far? Ooh, I can't say it without crying, but... <laughs> oh, no. 
sorry, we don't have to answer. My proudest moment was exactly why I wanted to succeed. So I told Kevin, because he asked me when I first met him, he goes, why do you want to succeed? Why do you want this so bad? And I said, I want to give my parents the life they never had. And so I was able to give my parents the life they never had. I mean, they came from a village with no running water, no shoes, nothing. They didn't have toothbrushes. And so I took them everywhere. They were my American Express card. I took them to the Emmys. I took them to the Oscars. I took them on yachts. I took them on private planes. I took them everywhere and anywhere to experience the other side and bought them a house, bought them a car, like every dream they could have had and more. That's what I'm most proud of. Um, Yes, of course, I'm proud that, you know, little Greek girl from Medford, you know, wrote a New York Times bestselling book or won an Emmy and all of that. But those are like, those are super cool. Yeah. But the best was definitely. Definitely that. Getting to enjoy it with my parents and getting to spoil them. Yeah. And I feel like that's, I mean, that just is the reason why I think you are successful is that your, your drive wasn't from a surface level. you You had that fire in your belly. You had that passion in your heart. I know that sounds like super cheesy, but that was one thing that pushed you to go forward and say, I can do everything. And I want to do everything. Just although my parents are saying no, I want to be able to provide them this stuff that they're never going to get to experience unless I do it. Yeah. And you did it. <clears throat> and I mean, I, I just, I'm looking at your career at every single level and you have just killed it at every angle. And it's, I mean, they probably could not have been more proud of you. I yeah. mean, my mom always would have been like, Maria, we can believe all the things. <laughs> She's like, how do you do it every day? They, like, they were just so shell-shocked. They were oh like, my gosh. we don't even know what to say. Like, we don't know yeah. how to explain any of this. You know what it is also is that you you really emphasize a couple times about Kevin and your family. And I feel like, do you think that also having a really good circle around you? Because you can say to yourself, and I can say to myself or Sistine or anybody that this is what I want to do and I want to try everything. But sometimes in your head, you can get kind of stuck in it and wrapped mm-hmm. up in it and you can be a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And then maybe Kevin or your mom or your dad would tell you, no, do it or you can do it. Do you, yeah. would you contribute or? Yeah, absolutely. I think that one thing my dad always said, and it stuck so hard was, Maria, you can do anything you put your mind to. Right. And I believed him. And so... I had them, even though my dad was not supportive, he was very scared. Right, yeah. My mom was, and she was She was so good at, like, she drove me everywhere. She took me to everything. Right. She believed in me. Yeah. Um, and then I met Kevin, and then I had Kevin. So, Sistine, when you get down on yourself not trying, not being able to do everything, mm-hmm. no, I also had another me next to me right. helping me. So I couldn't have done everything I did without mm-hmm. having Kevin next to me as well. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, we joked when we were writing the book, for example, I was doing Access Hollywood, The Today Show, Nightly News, sometimes some Dateline stuff. That's cool. I love Dateline. So to The Today Show from LA, I had to get up at one in the morning. Oh my gosh. So yeah. I barely would sleep. I'd get maybe three hours of sleep. Then yeah. I'd have to go do The Today yeah. Show and then start the whole day all over again. So though that wasn't every single day. Yeah. Um, it was a lot. And when I was writing the first book, Kevin and I had this whole thing. We would go to the mall. Mm-hmm. We'd outline the book. So we were at this, the, the cafeteria there so we could keep getting endless food, go yeah. to the bathroom, mm-hmm. whatever, never have to stop. And then I had the chapters. And so I would go in in the middle of the night mm-hmm. when it was quiet and mm-hmm. then my only time, and I would mm-hmm. write. 
And then the next morning I would email it to him and he's like, you just gave me a pile of shit. I got to no, clean I up. He's like, and I was like, what? That's <laughs> honest. That is, that's what it is. That's what it is. He's being honest. And it, it be, or at least he's giving his input. If he was just saying, you, yeah, do you're whatever. You're good at yeah. You're good at everything. I mean, that's like my mom. She always goes, you want, you want me to be nice or do you want the truth? And I'm like, all right, hit us with the truth. And that is how we adjust and we pivot and we need people like, Jennifer and Kevin's in yeah. our life to, yeah. to really help us because yeah. sometimes brutal honesty is yeah. the best honesty And I love talk, We love talking about love and dating and we love seeing like, oh, what are green flags and what are things we want? Like, what do we, what do we want in a guy to help us? Kevin is a know? walking green but flag. I, my thing is, is thinking that you really found someone that is your true support my system. And, part, yeah. and like, how did you know that it, he would be that longevity in your career and everything you are today? I knew he was the one, like, the first time I met him. and really? Yeah, like, the second I met him, I knew. It was different. And then by day three, that was when you could sit at the gate at the airport with somebody. Definitely, like, a long time ago. Yeah. He was telling me how he took massage therapy classes to help his dad's pain from cancer. And I was like, you're a caretaker? I was like, that's it. That's, it's done. That is... I'm going to make you fall in love with me. <laughs> I was a chubby 19-year-old. I was oh, 40 pounds heavier. And I was like, I'm going to make you fall in love with me. Stop. And, and you did. I won. I did. <laughs> and who would have known, yeah. by the way, at that point, that I'm you... 19, that I was going to need a caretaker someday. Wow. That I was going to have yeah. a huge kind of issue. Yeah. Um, and not only did he take care of me, he took care of my mom. He's taking care of yeah. my dad. Yeah. He is He is a caretaker. So you met him when you were 19. When did you really jump into your career in broadcasting, TV, and all that? Right after that. I right mean, I that. worked on his film. A producer named Mark Finney, who was on the film, told Kevin, he was PAing at this place called Channel One News. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, Maria should, you know, submit a resume. Mm-hmm. They're looking for someone. And so that was the beginning. And mm-hmm. then from mm-hmm. there, you know, just, the rest is history. Well, see, sometimes you don't think that you need a caretaker, but when you don't even realize how much you're taking care of everyone else. So mm-hmm. having someone like Kevin in your corner being like, I got you, babe. Like, yeah. I can do this. I can take a little bit of the load off is so nice. nice. So yeah. you jumped into your career and it's been such a long one, but what do you do at those roadblocks when it doesn't work? when you get rejection or you have self-doubt. Because mm-hmm. I know that you can have someone championing for you in your corner, but sometimes that can just get overwhelming. Or do you take it personally? So do you have a routine or something that you do when you don't work? Or yeah, rejection is hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Like when we'll go out and pitch something and, you, you know, for me, I just didn't have a lot of gas in the tank to 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 deal with it, I feel like. So I don't think I dealt with the rejection really well. I think I I also didn't have a lot of time to focus on it either because right. I was in this like, you know, 24-7. Like yeah. um, it's something that I'm actually working on being more resilient now mm-hmm. because I'm, mm-hmm. I have a little bit more space and time. But yeah. one of the things that's been hitting me lately was because um, I just went to this insane meditation event that like changed my life was when we're young – I think we're we're constantly dreaming, right? Yeah. And I think in those moments when we're dreaming, we're actually feeling it, right? Like, what would it be like if I could, yeah. you know, do this? And what would it be like if I could have that? Mm-hmm. And so what's interesting is that's like the basis for manifesting. Right. So when I look back at my life, I used to dream of 
all these things and and even the the physical things like I'm going to have a house it's going to be so big it's going to look like the white house and then I'm going to have the and I was at a Porsche dealership once and this guy was making fun of us for even being in there and I'm like I'll be back I'm going right. to have one of yeah. these one day my mom would try to teach me how to do the the chores in the house yeah. I'm like mom I'm going to have a housekeeper I don't know what you're talking about I don't need <laughs> I to learn all that. this and everything happened. You right. manifested everything. The house looks like, it has the white columns. Yeah, it looks no, like the white house. Okay. okay. So everything. Yeah, You're everything. a full it's, supporter in visualizing what you want and then you'll get it. But it's not just visualizing. So what Dr. Joe Dispenza teaches and mm-hmm. Esther Hicks and the Wayne Dyers, they mm-hmm. all talk Esther about Hicks. it. Like you have to, you have to have a clear intention. Like I want a million dollars. But if you don't believe that you can have it, there's the block and it won't come. So the flow comes to you. You have to believe. But then Dr. Joe Dispenza says, you have to create the emotion of having it before you even have it. That's hard. For the Wi-Fi signal to go out. So gratitude is the ultimate state of receivership. Your body doesn't know the difference between having it and not having it. Right. Because it feels like it already has it. So then the universe has to deliver it. Oh. And so what what I realized is when I was younger, I was dreaming and dreaming and dreaming. Then I got it. Mm-hmm. Then it was like, the tornado, yeah, and right. then the shit comes, and then the traumas yeah. come, and then people abuse you, and all these horrible things happen, and then you will, you're sick. Yeah. Right. And then you're like, oh, I stopped dreaming. Oh, I'm actually blocking myself for more success because I feel like I don't deserve more. Mm. Oh, I'm scared of more because more means more pain. Right. Because look at the pain so I'm going So now you're associating through. the things that you've wanted with pain. I do that all wow. the time. Mm-hmm. I do that all the time. And I feel like, especially right now, you know, I don't know about Sophia, but I'll speak for the both of us. We are constantly facing these mental blocks and these mm-hmm. mental walls. And we're telling ourselves, you can't do it. You can't make that. You can't develop that. You're never going to sell that. But who says that we can't? Us. Yeah. And then yeah. we're the only reason. So how did you... You're the block. How yeah. did you break down those walls? Because I need help. So <laughs> I'm telling you guys, this event I just came from literally changed my yeah, whole I life. Yeah, I hear about this. So I had Dr. Joe Dispenza on my show years ago. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's an incredible scientist and has devoted his life to mm-hmm. neuroscience. So where Esther Hicks is getting downloads from Abraham, yeah. mm-hmm. and you kind of have to have a leap of faith to believe, Right. right. Joe is all science. And so he healed his back after a massive car crash where they said he was going to be paralyzed. He healed it with his mind. He reconstructed every vertebrae with his mind. That's him? That's him. I read about this somewhere. Oh, my God. I heard. My mom told me this one time when I was – I had my second heart surgery, and I remember her in the hospital saying, think in your head – that it's being healed, that your chest bone is being That's healed. That's actually true. And I got out of the hospital in five days. No, the craziest part I yeah. swear to God, because she was I telling me that. I remember this so clearly. There's no way that, because they cracked your chest bone open, yeah. there's no way that you could walk the day after. I don't even know if it was 24 hours it later. You were You were like Walking. strutting down the hallway. Because my mom said that And you someone, believed her. Yes, and, I believed and her. And you sat in bed as well while you were lying in the hospital bed. You said... I don't want to be here. I want to walk, and I'm gonna get stronger. And you just kept yeah, saying no, that. That's and it so. Went, and it was Whoa. from him. And so I didn't our realize thoughts that. are very powerful. Yeah. So you change your thoughts, you change your life, mm. and what you believe will be. And so when I was in this event, I was realizing, and it hit me really fast. I'm like, oh my god, I'm the illness. It's me. Mm-hmm. 
only way to heal me is to change my thoughts, which will change my reality. Yeah. And so if you want to get out of your own way, which is yeah. really hard because we're in this nonstop cycle. We yeah. wake up, we do the same things, mm-hmm. we're hustling, we're thinking about tomorrow, we're thinking about next week, we're going to see the same people doing the same things. He right. says, you can overlap each day and you wouldn't know the difference because our thoughts are dragging us into the past, right? So we're being controlled by the emotions of the past. Oh, well, that's happened last time. So this is what's going to happen now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then your future thoughts are, where do I got to go? Where do I got to be? Whatever. Yeah. There's no space for the magical mm-hmm. or the unknown to come to us. Right. And so he talks about the only way is to get into and reprogram your subconscious and re-get into, you know, that black space where you are just consciousness and you can plant the seeds in the field. Right. Mm-hmm. And then sep- and then you delete kind of this, you, you, you break the separation between time and space yeah. by attracting that thought because we're magnets. Right. right we are. And yeah. so you put it out there and and then it will show up in the most un, unbelievable and unknown ways. Does it take being present and meditating? Mm-hmm. Does it take writing? It's because like it is hard just yeah. to, I mean, I, I used to do meditation and I, I have a grateful journal that I write in every day. Um, and it seems like it's working, but sometimes because of just the way my brain works, mm-hmm. I'm definitely someone that thinks in the past and someone that thinks way in the future. Yeah. And then I feel like the last few weeks have flown by. It's like the end of, um, it's like yeah. halfway through May. And I, it's, you're just on autopilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why you're, and you'll continue getting frustrated and yeah. you won't feel good because you don't, and you don't know why. Mm-hmm. So I fully immersed for seven days. I didn't use my phone and I just went all in. Yeah. Wow. And I think that if you want to figure out how to change your life, you got to go into that black space and you mm-hmm. have to be um, present. And the first course I did, I'll tell you, uh, it was early February or end of January. Mm -hmm. My friend was like, you've got to do this. I have Mm -hmm. a feeling this is what you need. So I did this course called the formula Mm -hmm. on drjoedispenza.com. Yeah. And in three days, my anxiety was completely gone. Wait, Guys, can I take this? Course? I had just called my doctor and asked him for medication. I said, I don't think I can live in this body anymore. I'm I'm losing my mind yeah, now. Yeah. I had just lost my mom months before mm-hmm. and it was like, you know, very painful. Right. And in three days, I was like, did someone give me a tranquilizer? I wasn't clenching. I wasn't grinding. I wasn't That's chewing it. the insides of my mouth. My tongue, you guys, was stuck to the roof of my mouth. I couldn't unstick it. Oh my God. And it's been gone ever since. Oh my God. Three days of the formula. And by the way, it's like a 12 hour course. I still had plenty of course to go. I need to, I need this course. I yeah, injected course. in my veins. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. It's amazing. Because so then when I went to the event, he kept giving like people go to these events and they heal themselves of cancer head to toe. I watched wow. people get out of wheelchairs and walk. No. Watched people. I mean, look at the chills. No. People with Parkinson's and all all kinds of unbelievable um uh success stories and testimonials because the body, once you surrender and you give it what it needs, which is like some clean space and some, you know, um, the health, what comes from the the chemicals from meditating, Mm -hmm. the IG, I think it's the IGA levels Mm -hmm. in your autoimmune system go up like an extreme amount. Right. And your body starts healing. So the formula is a great entree into what he does. Mm -hmm. And there were meditations attached. So I started mm-hmm. doing the meditations every day. Every day I got addicted. There was no, oh my God, I have to. 
it was, I can't wait, wait to get okay. in there. And wait. I'm not a meditator. Me neither. And I'm afraid that I can't I sit still for five minutes. Wait. She then told me after I did the formula, she goes, there's an event coming up. You sh- we should go. Yeah. I go, a meditation event? Kill me. Yeah, I was yeah, like, no, there's yeah. no way. I can't do a, a week? Are you high? Yeah, that's yeah. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and so I did it. I did a five-hour meditation <gasps> hold up at 4 a.m., Oh, five hours? Oh five hours. Me. I can't meditate. My body should have... And by the way, it doesn't Wait, you're a you nonstop don't, person. Like, you go, go, go. I, I mean, did it. Did it feel amazing? It was amazing. By the way, Whoa. the entire week, we were up at three in the morning. And we meditated. We would break. He, he does a... Hum, it's a very humane schedule. Yeah. yeah. Like, you meditate, then you, you he lectures, and you meditate, breaks. I never once was tired that week. Which I'm always complaining about being exhausted. Me too. Yeah. But mm-hmm. guess what? When you say it, you feel it. Then I never had enough so time. I don't have enough time. I don't have time. I'm gonna... <laughs> Guys, I'm waking up at the same time to get ready to come here today. I'm waking up at the same time that I normally would. And I normally would be racing to the last second. I had an extra hour this morning. There's endless time for me now because I'm not stressing about not having time. This is like I have time. You have time. It's all about shifting your mindset. It's like we constantly, as I think it's human nature, you always just look at the glass half full. Yeah. I mean, half empty. And you're like, oh, man, like, I can't believe I have to drive all the way down here. I have to hit traffic. I have to find parking. And instead, it's being like, how great that I get to see people, Mm -hmm. have a conversation, have experiences. I need this meditation. But it's also just realizing that we... We have time. Yeah. I think that we just forget. And that's why our days blend into months and our months blend into years is mm-hmm. because we're just going through flow. We're almost in a state of flow, but the wrong type of flow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like a robotic type. Mm-hmm. And sitting with yourself for whatever it is, like waking up in the morning, meditating, and having that stillness in your mind just right when you wake mm-hmm. up sets the tone for the whole day. And you can go, okay, I can go through my routine and yeah. actually be conscious about what you're doing in your routine. Because it's it's very easy to wake up. Like I do the same thing where I don't like the unpredictable. So I'm very predictable with my morning routine. And mm-hmm. it's not always the best because it could no. be sometimes ruin everything else. And I could be doing something else. You're but not allowing anything yes. to come in when you're so scared of the unknown. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so you have to so embrace close. the unknown. I know. Because if I let it go, maybe something amazing can happen that day because I didn't yeah. Let the you're vibration. Not fo- you're yeah. not focusing you're already on the ready bad for this. Thing. No, I can feel it because yeah. I. That's you're saying like, the stuff he's saying, where he's like, "Your months become years, and your years become." Yeah. You're already saying the same stuff he says. And so I you're used, in it. That's why I understand because mm-hmm. I used to do Abraham Hicks. If you guys don't know who that is, she's. I've only used her YouTube, but she's really good at getting your mindset, and, and it's more. It's it's meditation. It's also visualization. It's putting the things out there that you want, but really feeling it, thinking it, everything, believing it, believing it. <clears throat> and I remember I was doing that a lot during quarantine because I was so stressed. But I found such a peace and excitement for what was going to come after quarantine because I was just able to feel, oh, this is what's going to happen right after. Mm-hmm. Like this is like I didn't need anyone to tell me. I just saw it. And look, it's happening. And look, mm-hmm. it's happening. And. I mean, that was year like not even that long ago. But it's yeah. like I wish I kept it going. But it does. You can. It, yeah, and I know. You will. I need to. I just feel like a lot of people don't realize this, and you put it in such great words because it's hard to place what that feeling is of going through your emotion. You don't even. There's not a word for it. Yeah, we're all doing it. We're yeah. so Everyone unconscious, and no one yeah. notices until someone tells you. Yeah, change it up. 
Yeah. If you're unhappy, change that. Like fix yeah, change it. Change your pattern. Your do something yeah. different in the morning. Yeah. Change the way you start your morning. Change the the way you you do things. Go on an adventure like spontaneously. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. you can't keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. results. What what yeah. would you say is a first step for people? People often feel like, you know, they're in a rut, they're stuck. They could be listening to this and saying, meditation won't help me. Yeah, it's well, not because also the meditations that are out there are really hard for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I've done, I've tried a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And there are some, but the only thing I have found, and I've been doing this intensely for, let's say, five years. I've been really into health and wellness with my show that you, yeah. you talked about earlier. Um, I devote every single day to getting better. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've had everyone on and I've tried everything. He is completely teaching you how to reprogram your mind, your thoughts, and your mm-hmm. and your brain and your and your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're reprogramming. It's not just sit in black space and just whatever. That's great if you can do it. Um, but I'd rather be active, an active participant mm-hmm. in creating my life. And yeah. we are the creators of our life. Yeah. And once we realize it, then we know we can create it for good or we can create it for bad. Yeah. Right. And and then if you start to follow your thoughts, like I started playing like catcher um, because I did the formula first. So that is the entree. I yeah. think if anyone's listening to this and they're inspired and they want to try something or mm-hmm. you're feeling like, you know, is this all there is in life? Like I, mm-hmm. I can't do this. This is, I, I'm not happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Try the formula. Then there's a course called the progressive. Mm-hmm. So the progressive is um, the next course I had to do in order to go to this retreat. You have to have the language. You have to have the vocabulary. You yeah. have to have the basics down mm-hmm. when you go into this advanced meditation mm-hmm. week. So I did this progressive course. And I'm telling you, every single day I did it, I got happier and lighter and happier. And I kept telling Kevin, I go, I feel like I could lift a car just with a smile, like my oh happiness. My like gosh. I don't know what's happening to me, wow. but I feel amazing. And then I immersed for the seven days. Mm-hmm. And what's great about the seven days, so like the first day I was there, we went into a meditation. Now I'm like so precious at this point with my meditations. I can't hear a sound. Don't right. make any noises. <laughs> I got to have the right chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Because yeah, right. we're not trained yet. Mm-hmm. So I get there and this woman next to me, falls on me because she just had this like whole experience. Then the bracelets are jiggling and all of this is distracting me and I'm getting frustrated Mm -hmm. because my meditation is being interrupted and I can't get back in and right. And then you realize, oh, I think I need to fix this about myself. Oh, I have an issue here. It's she's the teacher now. I need to realize that I'm making my sick every day with this kind of little annoyances. And so that was like one big lesson. And then once I started opening my heart, I didn't know how to open my heart. He teaches you how to open your heart. I started loving myself. I didn't know I didn't love myself. I didn't know how to love myself. I just learned how to love myself. And what happened was insane. Like my heart, you guys, was going, (gasps) boom. No way. Boom, boom. And I'm like, what the freak is happening? You like felt your heart physically like, Expanding and exploding inside. and expanding. I mean, I don't know why anyone wouldn't want to try this. Yeah, it was it was so it. transformative. And so then when you when I accessed that, I started to realize that, okay, so like there's so many things you've heard in life, right? If you believe you're gonna die when you get a diagnosis, is what do right. you believe? And that's mm-hmm. what's gonna happen. 
but you don't really sit in it to understand the root and the underneath right. part. So when my heart started opening, I realized, oh my God, love is the only answer. But people say that, but you don't know it. You, you don't, don't understand, understand it. it. Yeah. And then you like there's like the hippie world where you're like, love and peace. And you're like, I can't get there. I don't well, understand. They, they say it almost yeah. so much that the word becomes like something that's not meaningless. Like cliche. Yeah. Yeah. But when I started to apply it, in multiple different ways mm-hmm. throughout the week, because again, I had nothing else to do other than just mm-hmm. be in this space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a moment where another woman fell on me. And because you know, that attraction to people. Yeah. <laughs> so she's falling at this point. Uh, I'll catch you. <laughs> so now instead of being frustrated, I went into my heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a beautiful experience because I'm helping her. I'm trying to meditate at the same time, but I'm helping her. Mm-hmm. And my heart was just pounding. I I had another experience where I was having a pain. And I said, oh, God, what am I going to do? This is going to interfere now with what's about to happen. So I said, hmm, what if I go into my heart and I go into gratitude? Let's see what happens. And the pain just no. went away. I was like, Stop. wait, what? And I've since applied it every time. I had like these leg cramps the other night and I started panicking and I'm like, all right, I got to look up online how to fix it. Oh no, I'm going to try this. And I tried it and it worked. It works Stop. every time. Oh my God. Stop. It's so just, everything oh my God, we this need is, me. is inside of us. I think we underestimate how powerful our bodies and minds, minds really are. Minds are. Yeah. It really yeah. is that. I mean, I, yeah. and don't you, like, I wish at the time, because you've gone through, I mean, so many Health, you've had a huge health scare. You had your brain tumor. I've had, I don't know if anyone knew this, but she was diagnosed with it. It was benign, right? Benign brain tumor. Brain tumor. And you went through surgery. Mm-hmm. And don't you just wish that sometimes like you had that information at that time? Because maybe that would have helped with some of the pain <clears throat> that you were going through? Um, I had a lot of big epiphanies around the tumor diagnosis. Mm-hmm. To me, it was a gift instantly. I was going to ask you what you, because how yeah, did, what how did your you, mindset yeah, like how that? was your mindset when you found out, like after yeah. and everything? Well, a few months before my mom had been diagnosed with a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. So my mom got stage four brain cancer in September. How are the odds of that happening? It's like, like lightning striking. I mean, Researchers you, have said it's mom, like lightning striking. And your daughter. It's not connected. Not connected at all. But when you do the Joe Dispenza work, one of my final breakthroughs was, oh my God, it was in the field and I asked for it and that's why I got it. Because I remember my mom was having a hard time. I think it was right after she got her first rounds of radiation and I said, God, I wish you gave this to me. I could handle it better. (gasps) Oh, Maria. You because it's harder to see someone them. else oh, go course. through that you love, and you're like, I'd rather take no. it, Our mom and then you get it. all the time. She's like, I wish I could take the pain away and like take it and deal with it. Yeah. But and so, so yeah, what was your two reaction? of our dogs got brain tumors. What? So then I realized at this event, oh, my God, it's been in our field, and that's that's what I have to delete. So I would yeah. go into the field, oh and I'm planting in, like, you know, mind, body, soul healing, all this stuff. Anyway. It's really profound when you do the work and you start to see how in control we are of our lives. Yeah. yeah. And and it's just about making different choices. But you have to get to a place, and that's why I think full immersion in mm-hmm. an event or taking the online course. People have healed themselves of cancer just taking the courses online. That's insane. Because the body just completely changes. Did you discover these courses before or after your diagnosis? Uh after? I think it was before I interviewed oh. Joe, but I was so deep in caretaking for my mom oh, you were right. just that I couldn't consumed really. Yeah, that. I was so were consumed. You, were you scared when you found out your diagnosis alongside having to take care of your mom at the same time? Like how, that I mean, that's a lot of pressure yeah. to have on one person. And then also 
your career. You have a husband. It's just like yeah. there's so many things going on in your life. Like, how did you handle that? I mean, it was crazy because I diagnosed myself. Mm-hmm. I said to the doctor, I go, I think I have a brain tumor like my mom. How did you know? I yeah, just, I felt it when I was present in his office for the first time. So I sat in his office. I'm like, mm-hmm. I had this really bad ear pain. I think I have an ear infection. It's so strange. Mm-hmm. And he checked my ear. He goes, you don't have an ear infection. I said, he's like, what else are you feeling? I'm like, well, I've been getting really bad headaches on set. Oh, I'm slurring my speech. Oh, mm. I think I have a brain tumor like my oh mom. My God. And he's like, I, let's get an MRI. And we got an MRI. And I just knew that day. I took a picture of myself in the hospital gown. I go, this is the moment I become a patient. I know wow. it. And then he called me. My mom's tumor had just come back with a vengeance. Oh my gosh. I was at, in Mexico uh, with Kevin, um, setting her up to do these holistic treatments. Yeah. And he called me. He's like, I can't even believe I have to make this call. I can't even believe what I'm about to say to you. I go, don't worry. I already know. He's like, what? I go, I have a brain tumor, right? He said, yeah. I said, okay, what kind is it? What do we know? And I took the notes. I called my mom's surgeon and I said, hey, I need to schedule an appointment. And they're like, for your mom, right? And I go, no, for me. Was everyone just floored? Floored. Yeah. Floored. Were you in in a state of shock at this point? Like, I I actually don't believe it's true. I was in shock. Kevin and I, he wasn't with me when I got the the call, he had just gone to the corner store. So he came back. I go, we need to go outside right now. So we sat outside in the parking lot and I turned the cameras on me right away because I wanted to remember that moment. Mm -hmm. And so I'm used to filming myself as a journalist and all of that and documenting. So I documented it. And I said, so I just got diagnosed with a brain tumor. Holy shit. Um, Before I sat down, I called my lawyer Mm-hmm. who's like my best friend, I said, I'm never going to work again, am I? I'm screwed. How am I going to take care of my mom? How am I going to take care of everybody? Right. And he's like, let's just keep this close to the vest for now. Let's get through surgery and let's figure out what we say to people later. And that was really great advice. And he's like my brother. So mm-hmm. right. it was like it was like calling a family member I at the mean, same but time. But it is scary when you're calling someone and you're thinking that and you're not realizing it. You have to it, plan for the but worst. Yeah. It's, it's, you think in your head, okay, I am... I've done WWE. I'm in physical top shape. I yeah. am a presenter. Like I am physically, verbally, everything is. Yeah. Uh, you thought at its peak, and you just realize the fragility of life when this just hits you, and you go, mm-hmm. "Wait, I I'm not as no, not you are strong, but like I'm not. I didn't realize that this stuff can happen to me. You know, yeah. you never think it's going to ever happen to you until it does or yeah. well. I thought it was just stress from taking care of my mom, every symptom I was feeling. And it made sense that that would be that. But I also was so burnt at that point um, and burnt out by everything I was dealing with in, in the work world and the toxicities I had dealt with. And, yeah. and then, of course, dealing with the, the trauma of like taking care of my mom and mm-hmm. all of that. I was like, is this my get out of jail free card? Oh my gosh! Like, you were like, go. maybe there a lot I of toxicity just... in work and stuff in yeah, terms of yeah. like. Presenting so you you and looked at it almost like maybe I can just sit oh. and breathe for a second and no, have, like, maybe like this is it and I'm right. going like yeah. let's go. I'm well, tired. Were, were I'm you... cooked. It's been a great life. Yeah, you're, yeah. Because yeah. I, I went home and my housekeeper who's like my second mom, um, I told her and she's you know hysterically crying right. and I'm not, and she's like, why are you not crying? I'm like, cause I don't care. That's it. Like, I, I don't really care. I'm, I'm so exhausted. I'm so, I was really broken by all of the bad experiences that I had gone through. You're like, what good is there to look forward to? And then at some point I kind of was just like, 
oh no, this isn't the right feeling. Right. I'm like, I, I, I had a kinesiologist come to the house and he's like, how you doing kiddo? And I'm like, I'm just dying to be me. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, did you read the book? So. <laughs> and I go, no. And the book is amazing, by the way. Um, and then I realized, oh, this is a gift for me to change my life because I am living yeah. an old dream. I'm trapped yeah. in an old dream. This mm-hmm. isn't my dream. I am, I, I've got to redefine success. I've got to change the path so that it fits who I am now. And also, um, I can't, I can't survive at this pace and mm-hmm. the way I was treating myself. What was the environment you were in previously? Was it just, was just people? The there, was it just a lot of work? Was it people that were just manipulating? Yeah. Was it? I feel like sometimes you end up in places you don't belong mm-hmm. and maybe they're supposed to be your teachers and you mm-hmm. don't know it at the time. But I think, you know, for me, I was working with people who were cruel beyond reason for, Mm. you know, and I just, I was, I didn't have healthy boundaries. I didn't Mm -hmm. know. I'm just learning my boundaries now. And we've been doing lots of episodes on this on my show (laughs) and it's been really helpful. Right. Um, I didn't have boundaries. I was just that puppy that was like, what else can I do to make you happy? Right, right. And they took advantage of that. Yeah. And But it's my fault too. Right. Because I should have been confident in who I was and what I was bringing and my value. Yeah. And when you don't see your own value, how are they going to see it? Mm -hmm. And so there's like this little loop that happens. Yeah. And so I need to kind of stop the ride and, and change some stuff up. And I've really focused on you know, manifesting really positive Mm -hmm. experiences. And I can say that I've really only had positive experiences since. Mm -hmm. Um, And and working with people who see me, not are trying to make me not see me. Because a lot of the times in life, if you work with the wrong people, Mm -hmm. they're going to really work hard to tell you you're something you're not. And then you start to believe them. And that's the the critical part because you start to believe, Oh, maybe I'm not good. Oh, maybe I do suck. Or maybe I am yeah. all these things that they're saying. And then you get, you know, in this confusion tunnel of like, well, what, what? I don't understand. Yeah. And then, you know, you kind of lose yourself. You lose yourself in it. And especially I feel like with this industry, it's really easy because the whole idea is finding your image and then people it just telling runs you. on like satisfaction of other people. Yeah. If they're they're telling, satisfied yeah. with you. If they like you, then you'll work. But if you know your value, you're going to demand your value. Yeah. And that's going to come out of their pocket. So true. And so what they have to do is they have to keep, I'm going to be crass, they have to mm-hmm. keep shitting on you yeah. to lower you. Right. Right. I had so mm-hmm. many people who tried to give me bad advice so that I didn't have to demand what I deserved. What was 100%. the worst advice you've gotten? Uh, I had one boss tell me I should stop being on magazine covers and stop doing all this other stuff. You know, you got to just focus on this one thing and get rid of all this other shit and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, so this other shit is why you hired me because I was different than everyone else. Yeah. And now you're telling me to be the same. <laughs> because I would have deserved more money. Because that's Because all if they- now oh. you can put me in their category, then I only deserve what they have. And people's yeah. knowledge is only going to go so far. They don't know you. They only know the knowledge of you from what they've talked to you, how they've spent time with you. Or and they so, want to keep you in the image of their head that well, that's way. that's what I'm saying, yeah. Just they want right to keep you down there. They're like, Maria, we don't I, yeah. want you to be higher than this. We don't yeah. want you to get your ego to get too big because then you're going to demand things. You're going to demand money. We don't want you to yeah. do that. I got a massive deal at one one place. 
and the boss told me that I was a terrible interviewer. Uh, they told what? me, and I was like, I think you're paying me eight figures. Um, okay. And I've had the most massive interviews of all time, yeah. even, you know. I mean, I was going to ask you questions even about those insane interviews with, like, presidents. Like, yeah. I don't know how you... Like, and so... It's crazy. So the same people who are paying me an extraordinary mm-hmm. amount of money to do this job are knocking me down so many pegs and saying, you need to earn the job that I actually have in my contract. Yeah. Are you serious? They're like, no, 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 you got to earn this. And I'm like, wait a second, you just hired me to do Do this job. But how does that make sense? It didn't. That's the point. So they make you insane, and then you get a brain tumor. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) No, see, I feel like— So don't let people tell you who— you they are. think you are. I know. You have to get that. so rooted in who you are, what you do, what your value is, yeah. and you got to own it. And yeah. don't worry about people calling you a diva because that's all I worried about. And then yes. guess what? I was so unfucking diva yeah. that they killed me. Kill- exactly. By the way, <laughs> true. By the way, we say this all the time. If demanding things as a woman makes you a bitch, then fine, I'll be the bitchiest bitch you've ever yeah. seen. Yes. Can we make t-shirts? I, I Let's know. be bitchy bitches. <laughs> it's I don't so care true. Because if that means that I know who I am, know my worth, and I won't get walked on, then fine. And I've got my boundaries. Yes. And that's it. I think that is so important because you don't, not only do you have to apply that to your job, you can apply that to your friendships, your relationships, your family dynamic. Mm -hmm. If you live your life in the vision of other people, then you're going to be screwed. You're going to literally lose yourself entirely. You're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. So that's why I transitioned into hosting my own show. Yes, you do. Every single day, Better Together with Maria Menounos, where every single day I'm committed to getting better right alongside the audience so that we and you guys who are listening, Mm because we have, you know, all ages that listen, I'm like, please don't wait till you get a brain tumor. Please don't wait till you're in your 40s or your 50s to get to here. Mm -hmm. You have to start learning this in your 20s because everything from there on will be a completely different journey. You're always going to have your lumps, Mm -hmm. as you know, and and always, you know, sunshine and rainbows. Mm -hmm. You're always going to have your lumps, but you have to be so sturdy in who you are. Mm-hmm. And if you start cultivating that young and you start cultivating practices and you acquire the tools you need to get through these tough moments, right? Right. Like my moment with your dad, my first words out of surgery was his quote from Rocky yeah, Balboa. I remember and that. I sent him the video. I yeah. said, if you now didn't, if you didn't know before this, how much your words <laughs> carried me through my tough he, times. That broke him. Yeah, you now, have literally No, I really him. did. I remember the moment he watched it and he lost it. And he doesn't ever, like, he loves you. And I, it's just, oh, God, I was going to start crying <laughs> start talking about this. No, but you, it's, it's, it's just a testament to show how strong you are. And you need to remember who you are at the core. And that life is going to hit you hard and hard, just like his quote. But it's how, how many times you fall. It's how many times you can get back up and keep moving forward. Yeah. And I know that sounds so, quote, cheesy and stuff. But it's but true. It's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. It's so true. I think it's incredible that you really made it your life's work to just better yourself. And I think that's something people always neglect themselves. They always put themselves second. Mm -hmm. They want to help other people. But sitting with yourself and doing what's right for you is just so important. And I like love your podcast. I've listened to countless episodes. You guys must listen to it better together. Where does it stream? Everywhere? Uh, Yeah, there are a few better together. So you got to find the one with me, better together with Maria Menounos. With Maria. Um, And it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. It's wherever you get any of your shows. But yeah, you got to get better. We got to. We got to get better. Choose you. 
We could sit here. For I, I, could, like, I was going to say, I could like talk hours. to you for four <laughs> hours, but I'm never going like, to take up like, 100 you hours. You are like my second mommy. Yeah, I you really love are. you so much. I, love I don't you think guys. you realize Not you really. and Kevin have such a special place in our hearts. Yeah. It is like insane the fact that you came here today. And also, like, you gave me words that I really needed. Yeah. I'm I really so needed them. So I really. Well, you can have more you. anytime you want. You I'm, have myself. Yes. Just text me anytime. Okay, well, if you have anything else coming up, Plug it now. Oh, wait, the Pentaveret. Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> wait, so can I just say, so I come back from this meditation event. I'm floating. I'm like, floating. oh, my yeah. God. I'm just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Yeah. And I had to go basically right to um, this premiere. So I've been doing my meditations. I'm so devoted. Uh, the pineal gland meditation is mm. like a really big meditation he teaches. And you have to do it between 1 and 4 a.m. because no. your melatonin is the mm. highest. Girls, I've been waking up at 2.30 or 3 in the morning every night doing a 90-minute meditation. Me. Every day? Every day. But guess what? When you're done, you get into your bed and it feels like a magical cloud. And, Whoa. Like, and I wake up and I'm happy and I feel great and I have endless time. And then I do another one during the day. And sometimes I do one before bed when I go to bed too. So I'm meditating like oh, multiple what hours you, a day I, now. I, I what, if you're a little, what if you're a little drunk? And you went out last night and oh, you're like, oh, with your girls, how do you get up at 1 a.m. and do it? Okay, hold I'm up, because I like, did it this week. See, that's the so, question. <laughs> um, I had the premiere of the Pentaveret yeah. um, the other night. I got home, it was a little after midnight, and I said, all right, this is your test. So I set the alarm no, you didn't. for 3.30 a.m., because it's between 1 and 4, so I was like, okay, I'll cut it close, yeah. I'll do it at 3.30. Yeah. And I woke up and I did it, and I had to wake up two and a half hours later, and I was totally fine. No. Totally fine, wow. and it feels amazing. And I would never, like, ever, ever think it would be me. I, I would and be, I know you're sitting yeah. here and you're like, it's not going to be me. But trust me, it will it be you. I, I need that because you said you, you slept on a cloud. I, I woke up in night sweats. Yes, so but I need, guess what? Yeah, I know. I'm like, How many of us are waking up in the middle of the night and then just sitting there? Why not try Why it? Why not? Your yeah, eyes are right. closed anyway in the meditation. That's but so I'll tell true. you the effects. So here I've been doing it, and it led up to the premiere of the Pentaveret. So last February. I had come to LA for a quick two days and we had just found out my mom wasn't going to make it. It was mm -hmm. a terrible time. Mike Myers calls me personally to ask me if I would consider being in his Netflix series. He wrote this role for me mm -hmm. and I'm like, Mike, are you kidding me? I'll, I'll shine your shoes. I'll yes. get you your coffee. This is like a dream come <laughs> true. Of course. Yeah, anything. Yeah. So I do it. He calls me months later to tell me how funny I was. And I'm like, are you freaking punking you, me now? Like, what's amazing. going on? Yeah. My, uh, like, I could die now. Mike Myers thinks I'm funny yes. and called me to tell Ultimate me. Goals. Okay. Yeah. So that aside, I go to the premiere and, you know, it's like those things are like always like, yeah, 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 you I go, see. you take pictures on the carpet. Yeah. Um, and someone grabs me and says, oh, we're doing cast photos. So I go outside, I do cast photos. Ken Jong, mm -hmm. Key and Michael Key, and... Um, and Mike all proceed yeah. to tell me how I get the biggest laughs. They're freaking out telling me how great I was. And I'm like, wait, am I living in an alternate universe? I have a very teeny role in this, guys. So, it was so over the top. So you're a scene stealer. That then, yeah, then, mm -hmm. um, Kelly Ripa's manager comes up to me and he goes, Maria, did you, were you at the Q&A today? And I go, no. He's like, Mike loves you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, he was being interviewed by David O. Russell. And mm -hmm. he went on and on for like 20 minutes about how brilliant you were in this. And I'm like, all right, I got to see this. I'm excited. I, I have to, I got to see And I'm building it up and I'm, I, don't, I don't understand what's happening, but I think it's the energy. It is. Yeah, I believe it that. It is. It, 
I believe that. It so is. And that's like, oh my God, that's like the key to everything. That stuff's happening Mm -hmm. that I'm not, that is just happening because my energy's changed. You're you're attracting it. Yes. Yes, You are attracting it. Because I don't think, Kevin, you saw at least two episodes yesterday. Did I deserve the amount of praise I got at that premiere the other night? (laughs) See? He's like, should I be honest with my wife right now? Yes, in a sense, because it's really hard to play yourself. Okay. But the way you put this kind of uh, ironic twist on it. Give yourself some credit. You aren't able to do that. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. That is true. You can see in your eye. You could see the sarcasm in your oh, eyes. Oh, I love it. Oh, gosh. But so, I'm telling you, it's this stuff. Because we drove home and I go, Kevin. This is the best night ever. I don't think that this would have happened if I hadn't just come out of this thing and the energy that I'm putting out there. Yeah. Right. And like I said, all the things that are happening. Like I had a moment when I was getting ready in the morning and I looked outside and I saw Kevin had two sun hats out there. And I'm like, look at him. He bought two. He didn't just <laughs> need one. He got two. And I say that because in our relationship, I'm the one who's always terrified about money yeah. mm-hmm. because I grew up hearing, we don't have money. We don't have money. We mm-hmm. don't have money. Right. And Kevin is normal. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I am the psycho who won't stop at 7-Eleven to get a water because I'm like, it's free at home. Uh, right? Right, I'm a, right. I'm crazy. Yeah. And I sat and I realized, wow, I've spent 24 years being psycho scared of money, he hasn't, and I got myself sick. See? You gotta think about what your thoughts are. And so, and then the last thing I'll leave you with, because this was super important too, this is a crazy realization. So here's our energy tank, right? Mm -hmm. Not because it's a coffee, but (laughs) here's our energy reserve for the day. Mm -hmm. How do you want to use it? Do you want to use it stressing about your past? Do you want to use it worrying about your future? Do you want to use it being frustrated or angry at something? Yeah. Because it's just going down, going down, going down, going down, going down. And then mm-hmm. you have no time, nothing left to create. Right. You have nothing left to create mm-hmm. your life because who's going to create it for you? You're on autopilot. Right. The mm-hmm. only person that's going to do it is your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And if you have no energy left, right. you have nothing to do it with. And you have nothing to have fun with. There's no energy for fun. There's no energy for anything. That's where the yeah. sickness, the sadness, the anxiety comes from. And then you're running on fumes. Yeah. The engine in a car is going to cease if you don't it's have so gas true. in it, no, right? It's like pick and choose what you want to dwell on. So every day I look at my cup and I'm like, I wake up and I and I do my grateful list with the dogs and I say yeah. and I call all the dogs. I'm like, kids, are you ready to do the oh, grateful that's list? Like my mom. And whoever shows up shows up. <laughs> Winnie's always there. We're grateful, Lord, for bringing us together no, and I, making us a family and for our so help. Cute. And and I go through the whole list in baby talk. <laughs> and then I I say, now who do we want to be today? And so I'm like, I want to be light and happy and I want to be the light yeah. and I want to feel the light and mm-hmm. I want to feel light. Yeah. And I I set my intention on what I want to be. And then at night I say, how did I do tonight? How did I do today? And I'm like, okay, I did really well with this. You know, some thoughts crept in. Oh, but I caught them and I shifted them. Okay. All right. Well, tomorrow I'm going to do better at this. This was one Mm -hmm. thing I think I slipped on. I'm going to do better at this. Oh, so you're always like... Always checking checking. in. I'm Mm -hmm. staying conscious. Mm -hmm. But remember your energy reserve. Energy reserve. Where do you want to use it? Because... Yeah. You're worrying about stuff you can't control anyway. Mm-hmm. So why not put that energy towards building your future? And and trust me, it's so much more constructive, but you're going to feel better, which means you're going to attract all that 
accolades yes. that I don't even think I deserved at the yeah. Pentaveret premiere. Oh, yeah. But anyway, Are watch Pentaveret because Mike Myers is a freaking genius. No, and I'm you watching, I'm watching. He plays 80,000 different characters and every time I'm like, wait, that was him too? That was I was like, yeah. I'm like, that. what? No, How? He's a That's you next. Next <laughs> he's he's you play 100 different characters. So anyway. You have given so many people the best yeah. advice ever and everyone can totally put this into their own lives. And yeah. I think that people need sometimes a wake-up call or a reminder because we're all like cars. We need engines. We need to oil up, fine-tune yeah. ourselves. Yeah. And tune-ups. Yeah, tune-ups. Everyone I can tell you, after this conversation, I'm leaving with a different mindset today. Yeah. I'm very excited for people to hear this episode and hopefully feel the same way. We absolutely love you and you guys love you. Absolutely will love her. Follow so her at Maria Menunos on social media. Yep. Anything and else? Better Together, together. podcast with Maria Menunos. The new Netflix show. Yes. Yes. Maria, we love you so much. Love, love you. you. We love you, you guys By the too. way, can well, I just say something? Mm. First of all, Kevin's like the toughest critic ever, but you guys are incredible. No. And oh, I'll tell you why. Because it. not just because, I mean, first of all, you wrote a beautiful intro and Kevin always said to me, give someone the intro that they never got. And you did that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but also your questions, you listen and you have very insightful um, like translations of things that people take years to build to. Oh, um, you come from very, you know, you come from incredible parents who um, I'm sure had a role, obviously, in that yeah. too. But um, yeah. It's a good mix well, between Jen and I'll tell you this. You. When we first had the idea of doing a podcast and Sophia and I were nervous, we didn't know if we were good interviewers, good listeners, good responders. My mom said, study Maria's work. And yeah. that's what we did. She said, make so it till you make it, pretend you're did, Maria. Yeah, before <laughs> we even did anything, we'd listen to you. And yeah. li- like the way you would talk with slow, you just, everything, we were like, okay, you've got to mimic everything she's Aww. doing. You, you've got it down. That, that, that's a huge compliment. No, and I mean it. I'm not, I don't throw bouquets. Even if I love people, I don't throw bouquets. And you guys were, just the way you process things and your take on it um, was really, really unique. So Thank you. Oh, oh, A++++, okay. even guys. though I wasn't grading you. <laughs> we'll see you guys next I wanted Tuesday. to stop in the middle of it and tell you, and then I was like, no, I don't want to scare them. <laughs> scare me any day with a compliment. Oh, we'll see you guys next Tuesday. Bye. 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 <laughs>